Hi, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Understanding the Misunderstood. I'm really excited because I got a professional microphone for this episode and for the rest of the podcast. So I'm very excited to use it. I'm using it right now, and hopefully this quality is a little bit better, but you guys probably can't even notice a difference. So I just wanted to put that out there. Today, we are going to be talking about anxiety which is something that I've wanted to talk about for a while. And in the next episode coming up really quickly, I'm actually going to have our first interview with a student at Brownwood. So stay tuned for that one. Um, It's going to be a continuation of this episode, just interviewing them about anxiety and what that's like for them. So just to get straight into it, I wanted to just talk about how anxiety really is different for everyone. And it's a different experience for each person it really is something that is you know specific to the circumstances that each person has you know been in and gone through and is a separate experience from everyone else so i wanted to highlight that that's something that's very important to note so just to get into it anxiety on the internet is defined as quote a feeling of worry nervousness or unease typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome, end quote. So my definition, because I wanted to kind of go back to my roots of the first episode and give it the same structure, my definition of anxiety is, quote, an overwhelming feeling of worry when an event is not predictable, certain, or familiar, end quote. So to me, these definitions are very similar, and they also are a little bit different. I think that anxiety really does manifest in different ways for different people so there is no one definition for it and i actually think that it doesn't do us a benefit for us to give it one definition because i think it is many different things and it can manifest in many different ways so i looked up another definition just to kind of compare and contrast the two and from the mayo clinic they described it as a quote intensive, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations, and as I said, it includes fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired may occur, end quote. So essentially, these are all some symptoms as well of anxiety that they kind of mentioned, which I think are very common. These are the common ones, and not everyone experiences all of them. Not everyone experiences them all the same and so i wanted to put that out there something else that they said on the mayo clinic is that quote anxiety can be normal in stressful situations such as public speaking or taking a test anxiety is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive all-consuming and interfere with daily living end quote so what this means to me is that everyone has experienced anxiety everyone has experienced feelings of anxiousness, but not everyone actually has anxiety itself. So to continue on, why is this definition possibly incorrect? So because anxiety isn't just about being nervous about a test and being nervous about when public speaking, and that those are two very common instances where people can feel anxious, it is a lot more than that. Anxiety is a feeling that makes your skin feel tight on your body, It's a feeling that makes your heart drop, and it makes you feel as if you are almost suffocating. And it's different for everyone, as I said, so there is no one way that you should or can feel when you have anxiety and experience it. 
And the reason I don't want to give it one definition, as I said, is that because everyone experiences anxiety differently. And something to highlight is that, as I said, while everyone has experienced feelings of anxiety and anxiousness, not everyone has anxiety. So I just wanted to go through some of the types of anxiety. There is generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, which we talked about previously, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, social phobia, separation anxiety disorder, and other phobias. The most common type of anxiety is generalized anxiety disorder, and according to beyondblue.org, 6% of people will experience generalized anxiety disorder in their lifetime. Now, something that I want to highlight is, while this may seem like a small percentage, let me remind you that 6% of the population is still 462 million people. Yes, I did the math. Shout out Ms. Page. Um, I actually calculated this, and I know it seems like, wow, 6%. That seems very small. But keep in mind, there are 7.7 billion people in the world, meaning that there are millions and millions and millions of people that experience generalized anxiety disorder. The reason that I want to highlight this is because sometimes we feel that we're the only ones struggling with something, but anxiety is actually very common. And I don't want to say that to make it seem you know, normal for every single person, but it's a normal thing to experience if you have anxiety. And it's something that is nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to feel bad about because it's something that, as I said, 462 million people experience in their lifetime. So some symptoms of anxiety I wanted to talk about, um, according to the internet, are feeling nervous, restless, or tense, having a sense of impending fear, panic, or doom, having an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly, which is like hyperventilation, sweating, trembling, feeling weak or tired, and trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry. Speaking from personal experience, I think that anxiety is a really discomforting feeling that basically manifests itself in many different ways and can really depend on the situation, but Speaking from my own personal experience, I know that my anxiety manifests in ways that are really uncomfortable and make me feel very upset. And the best way to put it is that anxiety really is this feeling that the whole world is burning around you and that you can't do anything about it. I think that a lot of people think that anxiety is something that isn't really a big deal or doesn't feel as harmful as it does but it actually is something that can really take a toll on your health both physically and mentally and I think that that's something that's really important to highlight. So like last time I wanted to basically go through a lot of the myths concerning anxiety so this is on the website UPMC and this is just an article that's about the most common mental illness myths and facts about anxiety so some things i wanted to talk about from this article that are really important to me as i said before is that this idea that anxiety is no big deal and that is the myth i wanted to really talk about and debunk today so as i said a fact actually is that anxiety can cause significant problems to your health And according to this website, quote, many people experience anxiety in everyday situations, such as when they're taking a test or going through a job interview. But anxiety can become a problem if it starts to affect your ability to go through everyday life. Anxiety can cause behavioral and emotional symptoms like persistent worries, fears, and thoughts. 
It can also cause physical symptoms like rapid breathing, sweating, tense muscles, and headaches. It can also affect your eating and sleeping. It is important to talk to your doctor if you think your anxiety is causing you bigger problems. So, as I said, anxiety is no joke. It is something that no one wants to experience. And it is not comfortable. It is not fun. It is not something that feels, you know, normal or comforting or familiar to people. It it, it might only feel familiar because it happens so often, but it's not familiar in the sense that it's, it's easy to deal with and it's not something that people really want to experience because it's not a comforting place to be in when you're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack and we're going to talk about those two things as well and the difference between them as i mentioned before a myth is that all anxiety is the same but a fact according to this website is that there are actually several different types of anxiety disorders as i had already explained to you guys and they said in this website quote anxiety affects people in different ways yes amen sorry that's my own commentary Some people may experience anxiety related only to certain situations, while others experience it more constantly. Another myth that I wanted to talk about is that anxiety is a problem mostly for adults. But a fact is that anxiety affects both children and adults, actually. And it says, quote, Although anxiety is the most common mental illness for adults, it's also common in children. About 7% of children ages 3 to 17 years old which is about 4.4 million kids, have diagnosed anxiety, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And my own piece of information is just as much as anxiety can affect adults, it can affect children the same exact way. And according to this website, quote, anxiety can cause children behavioral, emotional, and physical symptoms in children just as they can in adults, end quote. Something that I didn't really know a lot about before I was diagnosed with anxiety is that anxiety really can affect anyone in any situation and that you don't really have to try and defend yourself and defend your situation to explain why you have anxiety. Everyone can have anxiety for different reasons and it's not something that is a competition with one another. I think that we all have to just realize that if we each experience anxiety and we each experience it differently, that is okay and it doesn't have to be a competition whether you know, who has the worst symptoms, who has the worst anxiety, who feels the worst when they're experiencing a panic attack or anxiety attack. And that we're all, if we're all dealing with it similarly, then that is the one thing we need to highlight. And it never has to become a competition. And I think a lot of the time, for me, I used to think of it as a competition as like, oh, I want everyone to know that I am, you know, the most anxious and the most this and the most that but I think that really is just a way to cope with it and I think that that's completely normal and as as time has gone on I've realized that trying to make things a competition related to mental illness and mental health problems is something that is a coping mechanism and really acts as a way for you to feel validated in your own experience. So another myth that I wanted to talk about is that anxiety and depression are unrelated, but fact, many people who suffer from anxiety also suffer from depression. So as a person who suffers from both, I can attest to the fact that they are very, very interconnected. And according to this website, 
quote, it's common for people to have both depression and an anxiety disorder. According to the ADAA, 50% of people with depression also have a diagnosed anxiety disorder, end quote. So we need to listen to this. This is science. There are so many people who deal with anxiety and depression at the exact same time, and it's something that's really important to know and that's really important to understand so that we can really pick out whether we're experiencing depression or anxiety or both at the same time. Also, according to this website, anxiety is also related to several other mental and physical health conditions, such as bipolar disorder, eating disorders, sleep disorder, substance abuse, attention deficit and hyperactive disorder, headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, chronic pain, etc. Okay, I'm really excited to talk about these last two myths because I think that they're things that go overlooked quite often in our society. So one myth that I wanted to talk about is that there are limited treatment options for anxiety. But a fact is that there are actually a lot of treatment options available and it's a very treatable condition. So according to the UPMC, as I'm saying from this website, although anxiety disorders affect millions of Americans, many go without treatment. According to the ADAA, only 36.9% of people with diagnosed anxiety disorders seek treatment. So the top two treatments that are there to help for anxiety are therapy, meaning with a licensed therapist to work through anxiety disorder, or medication, which is often used in conjunction with therapy. So as someone who uses both therapy and medication to deal with anxiety, I think that both are great options. There might be one or the other that might not work for you, and that's completely normal and okay. And you just kind of have to experiment what is helpful for you. So some examples of medication are SSRIs, SNRIs, and other antidepressants. I'm currently taking Prozac, but I'm now making a switch to Zoloft because that hasn't been working well for me. And that whole process really is, as I said, a process. It is figuring out what works for you. And if something doesn't work, it's knowing that it simply hasn't worked for you and that it's completely normal. And something that I didn't really know is that, hey, sometimes certain medications don't work on you because, you know, there's something that doesn't work with your body or, you know, your lifestyle. And you kind of just have to switch it up and that it's okay. And realizing that that is okay is the best thing to finally figure out because it allows you to feel validated in your own process and it allows you to feel normal like hey I don't have to have this medication or this therapy figured out I can just experiment with it the final myth that I wanted to talk about is that I can get rid of my anxiety with a healthy lifestyle but a fact is why why you may be able to lessen your anxiety anxiety cannot be cured So according to this website, quote, maybe you feel better after getting some exercise or eating healthy or getting a good night's sleep. Maybe you cut out caffeine or other stimulants. Maybe you may choose to try natural or homeopathic methods to manage your symptoms, such as meditation, dietary changes, engagement in preferred hobbies or activities, or deep breathing. Maybe you avoid stressful situations altogether. While doing some or all of that may make you feel better in the moment, it won't cure your anxiety disorder. It's important to seek out professional treatment to confront the causes of your anxiety disorder instead of just trying to reduce stress, end quote. While this can be discouraging to some that you can't get rid of anxiety with a healthy lifestyle, 
actually the way that I look at it is that it's actually something that's a lot more relieving knowing that hey there's nothing really that I can do and this is something that is in you know my chemical makeup that needs to be fixed and just knowing that you can't really do anything maybe stressful to a lot of people and it has been really stressful to me I think the moment you realize that it's actually more beneficial knowing that there's nothing in your control that you can do there's something really comforting about that and I think that it really is nice knowing that people can't you know exercise away their anxiety and people can't sleep away their anxiety and that it's something that you do have to deal with head-on and it can be really, really scary. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy at all by any means. And it's something that I'm still dealing with myself. But what I do want to emphasize is that anxiety is something that a lot of people deal with and that it's something we're all trying to figure out. And as long as we know that we're all in the same boat and we're all going through a process, it really makes us feel less alone and more of a community together. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I, in the next episode, want to give a few methods for actually dealing with anxiety because I think that those are really helpful and important. And I will see you guys next time for our interview with our special guest. I'm excited for you guys to meet this person. And thank you so much for listening. Bye, you guys.